This episode of GT the Podcast is supported by Alcon. This is Ike Ahmed. And I'm Arsham Shabani. And we want to welcome you to GT the Podcast. We're bringing this to you together with BMC and Glaucoma Today. To offer audible insights into current topics in glaucoma care. Presented by the authors of our latest, most read GT articles. Check it out. Welcome to GT the Podcast. In this episode, Drs. Jesse Wang and Mary Q recap their article, Learning and Teaching MIGS, which was featured in the November-December issue of Glaucoma Today. With the growing prevalence of MIGS, it has become increasingly vital for graduating ophthalmologists to be comfortable performing this class of surgeries regardless of their plans beyond residency. In their article, Drs. Wang and Q each offer their perspectives as a senior resident learning MIGS and an attending surgeon teaching it respectively. Together, they cover a stepwise approach to MIGS training that allows trainees to become more proficient in the fundamentals by the end of residency. Here's Dr. Q. With so many surgical options available to manage glaucoma, it's essential that graduating ophthalmology residents be armed with a breadth of skills. Trabeculectomy and tube shunt surgery used to be the gold standard glaucoma procedures. But since the 2010s, MIGS has been gaining popularity due to the favorable safety profile and the ability to do these procedures earlier in the disease process. In 2023, the ACGME updated the glaucoma surgery minimum requirements for graduating ophthalmology residents to reflect the growing role of MIGS. Previously, residents were required to perform five filtering or shunting procedures as primary surgeon, and there was no separate category for MIGS. I've previously published an analysis of a sample of graduating ophthalmology residents' case logs from the class of 2018, which revealed that the average number of traditional glaucoma surgeries performed by graduating ophthalmology residents was nine, and the average number of MIGS performed by graduating ophthalmology residents was five, although the range was very wide. Some programs were graduating residents with zero MIGS, with these new requirements, all graduating ophthalmology residents will be required to perform at least five MIGS procedures as primary surgeon and to participate in five tube shunts or trabeculectomies as either primary surgeon or assistant surgeon. This podcast discusses MIGS training from the perspective of ophthalmology chief resident Jesse Wang and academic glaucoma specialist and resident educator Mary Q. That's me. From a resident standpoint, learning MIGS is an exciting and initially challenging task. To perform this class of surgeries, one must first gain a view into the anterior chamber angle. The structures in the angle are not visible on routine examination and instead require a mirrored gonioscopy lens. Thus, the first step to learning MIGS is knowing how to perform an adequate gonioscopic examination in clinic to precisely identify the microscopic structures in the angle. The angle is a 3D structure. I have therefore found it helpful to be dynamic with a gonio prism and the slit lamp's joystick, not pushing too hard on the cornea with the prism, which can cause corneal striae and then obstruct the examiner's view, ensuring that the patient is comfortable by instilling an ample amount of topical anesthetic, cross-checking images of angle anatomy and pathology with reference sources so as to know what looks normal versus abnormal, and, of course, allowing for a lot of practice. 
Once the resident masters colonoscopy, the next step is to become familiar with the available MIGS devices on the market and how best to select and utilize each one. UChicago's Department of Ophthalmology employs a model of graduated independence when it comes to operating. Initially, residents are responsible only for operating with one hand, making the incision in the trabecular meshwork and controlling the foot pedals for the operating microscope while the attending holds the gonioprism. Once we become comfortable with that process, we progress to operating independently with both hands. The non-dominant hand holds the gonioprism and the dominant hand operates as described earlier. There is definitely a learning curve, but now I've performed over 40 MIGS procedures, including goniotomy, canaloplasty, gonioscopy-assisted transluminal trabeculotomy, and endoscopic cytophotocoagulation. I feel much more confident in the basic skill set I've acquired for working in the angle. I feel fortunate to have such a robust exposure to MIGS under the supervisor of my attending and mentor, Dr. Mary Q, and I'm looking forward to my glaucoma fellowship next year at the Duke Eye Center in Durham, North Carolina. During my residency, most of the MIGS procedures that were getting done by trainees were being done by the glaucoma fellows, and most of my own MIGS training took place during my glaucoma fellowship too. When I started my faculty position at the University of Chicago in 2019, I was eager to teach MIGS to our residents, even though it wasn't an ACGME requirement yet. MIGS is being increasingly performed by comprehensive ophthalmologists and glaucoma specialists alike, so it's important that all graduating residents have a basic familiarity with these procedures, even if they don't go on to pursue a glaucoma fellowship. I started by teaching the PGY-4 residents while advocating for transitioning the glaucoma rotation to be a PGY-3 rotation. I hoped that junior residents could start learning MIGS sooner and that the earlier hands-on experience could help them decide whether to pursue a glaucoma fellowship, a different fellowship, or enter directly into comprehensive practice. Nowadays, PGY-3 residents at the University of Chicago spend four months with me on their glaucoma rotation. I've developed a stepwise approach to teaching MIGS where the trainee initially only does the one critical step and once they become comfortable with this critical step, then we introduce the other components in a stepwise fashion. This strategy allows the resident to focus on mastering one physical task at a time while only moving one hand at a time, which enhances the safety of learning a new procedure. Thanks to our program's dedication to teaching residents, we've had the opportunity to use many of the latest MIGS tools, and our residents were the first in the country to use two of the most recently available instruments. One of our residents recently finished the PGY-3 glaucoma rotation with 49 MIGS procedures as primary surgeon, which is on par with many graduating glaucoma fellows. I'm happy to see that the ACGME is now requiring all graduating ophthalmology residents to perform at least five MIGS procedures as primary surgeon. This reflects the growing role of MIGS in the treatment algorithm for glaucoma, and I hope that this new requirement encourages academic ophthalmologists at teaching institutions to seek more opportunities to teach MIGS to their residents. Developing the MIGS curriculum for the University of Chicago residents has been one of the highlights of my career so far, and each year I'm so proud to be sending our well-trained residents off to fellowship or comprehensive practice. In summary, becoming comfortable with MIGS during residency is beneficial for ophthalmology residents, regardless whether they plan to pursue glaucoma fellowship or comprehensive ophthalmology. A stepwise approach to teaching MIGS can help educators navigate trainees' learning curves so that they can become proficient in MIGS fundamentals by the end of their ophthalmology residency. Thank you for tuning into this episode of GT the Podcast. If you have any feedback or topic suggestions, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And stay tuned for more hot topics in glaucoma care on GT the Podcast. Thank you.